Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Hockey News on the Cube, brought to you by BetMGM. My name is Will McLaren. His name is Jamie Tozer. And uh, Jamie, you are, for a change, home. Uh, or relative within striking distance of home, uh, mainly because you've uh, apparently spent a little bit of time up the road in Moncton. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your experiences up there and how uh, World Junior Camp shaped down uh, from your eyes. Yeah, it was a fun few days in, in Moncton. Fun to see some big crowds there and uh, see a lot of players that we don't get to see uh, around these parts too much. So it's cool and Really, it really feels like the the World Juniors are here. I know it's been a bit of a quiet lead up, understandably, uh, until this event. But really, um, this week in Moncton, at least, um, it feels like they're here. And uh, I think next week they'll be uh, even better around the downtown area. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be a great time. You know, finally feels it's like. And winter is in the air in our part of the world as well, yes. and now the World Juniors are as well. So it's uh, it definitely feels like the the, the time is uh, coming. The excitement starting to build. So uh, before we go any further, um, on a more serious note, um, there were uh, a few reports that uh, were released just this morning uh, through various news outlets, and uh, we want to. Uh, bring them uh, top of mind on this podcast as well and that regards the uh, sexual assault claims uh, that have been uh, making the news it involves three members of the uh, Drumville Voltigeur or former members of the Drumville Voltigeur uh, one player has been named that's uh, Noah Corson uh, who spent a number of years in the league uh, uh, a few years ago this happened in 2016 uh, the alleged victim um, has come forward with her story. Um, and uh, Jamie, it's uh, obviously not the story that you ever want to uh, lead any broadcast off with, but at the end of the day, it is uh, important. And it's something that uh, we, uh, we need to keep in the forefront, um, not only uh, to acknowledge what has happened in the past, but uh, to try everything to uh, prevent it from happening going forward. Yeah, really important to to discuss these allegations. Um, and, and like you said, you know, as awful it is to, to hear about these things happening in the past, um, it's important that we, we hear about them and learn from them so that uh, we can correct um, moving forward. And obviously this is a, a big issue in hockey culture and it's not going to be a, a quick fix, but it, it's important that... Uh, we uh, focus on all these stories as much as we can to, to hopefully reduce them in the future. Yes, and uh, Gilles Corteau has uh, made a statement, uh, the president of the QMJHL, saying that uh, the league was unaware um, and that uh, if they had been made aware at the time, uh, an action plan uh, would have been put in, in place. And we've seen action plans put in place uh, since uh, 2016 when this uh, allegedly occurred uh, that, that would back up that comment for sure. 
Um, and, you know, uh, just to pull one thing out of the uh, CBC story, um, the comment from Isabelle Charest, the Quebec minister responsible for sports, where you know, she says, and I quote, if there's a positive element, it is that fewer and fewer victims are reluctant to report and file a complaint. We are seeing a change in culture in the sports world. And uh, I, I think, Jamie, that that is a true statement. Uh, it's It's hard to see that. Um, so soon after hearing uh, such terrible news like this, but uh, you know the you know the only, sometimes the only things you can do are you know maintain support for the uh, alleged victim and and try and make things better uh, in uh, in the years to come, and uh, hopefully that's what's going to happen out of this to, to make uh, a terrible situation um, come to a, as good of a resolution as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And you can, you can kind of get the feeling that the culture is, has started to shift a little bit slowly. Um, and I actually kind of like the way the, in the QMJ Charlie news release was uh, released this morning. I really put an emphasis on, on the alleged victim. Um, and, you know, that's something that um, we might not have seen five or 10 years ago. So you can, you can definitely tell that the conversation uh, has shifted into a, a better direction. And, uh, you know, we will, you know, as, as news develops, of course, uh, we will acknowledge and, and follow through here on the hockey news uh, on the queue. But uh, uh, for now, we are going to move on and uh, let's go back to that same topic that uh, we mentioned right off the top. Obviously, the holidays are right around the corner. That means World Junior Times right around the corner, and uh, we already know, Jamie, who will be representing Team Canada from the queue. Um, I, I guess my my first question for you really is: uh, You were there for the announcement. Um, what uh, what was your take on the festivities, on the announcing of the team, and we'll roll right into as well uh, your thoughts on who got selected. Well, first of all, it's freezing. Um, probably, <laughs> not <in laughs> probably, probably, I think, you know, I haven't been outside that much in the winter the past couple of years. I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat just because we've been, we've yes. been forced to stick inside. And exactly. that was probably the, the coldest I can remember being in quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. So shout out to Moncton for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was good. Good crowd at the event, even though it was freezing. Um, kind of a cool setup. Um, you know, Having spent a lot of time in Moncton, I know you have as well, Will. It's cool to see the Avenir Center and the area around Avenir really being utilized the way it was dreamt to be. Um, so really cool to see that outdoor um, area being being used for such a huge event like the World Juniors. Um, great crowds at both university games. So it's cool to see. It's pretty much, pretty much sold out, um, at least for the Monday game, which is weird. Uh, Monday noon start. That was... Uh, Interesting vibe in there. I uh, have to say, probably, <laughs> probably maybe the worst atmosphere I've ever seen for uh, a crowd of that size. Just uh, no atmosphere at all. Uh, <laughs> and I, <laughs> everybody's still waking up, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's fair. That's fair. But Will, it might be, it might be time to start having a conversation here about the atmosphere at at Avenir. Um, I was, I was writing into my blog today. One of the best junior hockey rinks in the country. Maybe one of the quietest junior hockey rinks in the country. Um, I'm curious to see what it's like this week when Canada plays, um, arguably the two biggest sporting events to ever be played, um, at Avenir this week. Um, so really curious to see, uh, 
if the atmosphere is better um, and what we get once the actual tournament starts? Well, um, I watched a lot of hockey in Moncton. I mean, I, you have- I grew up there. Um, I spent 34 years of my life there. Um, and uh, the overwhelming majority of those games I watched from the Moncton Coliseum, uh, the old home, uh, the old former home of the Moncton Wildcats and of course the AHL teams before that. And I can tell you that um, if it's a goal, if it's back when fighting was prevalent, if it was a fight yep. um, or if it was a deep playoff run, the building can get loud. Um, yep. Outside of those three things, really, it's it, it's difficult. It has to be something pretty monumental. Um, I, I maybe I think that's maybe just the way it is. We always I know for for a long time we always thought maybe it was just the building itself, but uh, uh, to an extent. But uh, you know what? I think it's time to maybe you know throw down the gauntlet, challenge the fans. In Moncton, fans that are going to Moncton for these games, you're going to see all world hockey. You're going to see Team Canada in exhibition play. You're going to see uh, the best that uh, five other nations have to offer. Um, take advantage of it and get excited about it. Like, you know, just pretend, pretend the Cats are in the President Cup final again. Just, you know. Pick close your don't close your eyes. You're going to miss something. But just imagine what this is going to what this is going to be like. The one really you know once in a generation sort of yep. opportunity to take this in and just you know show your excitement for it, people. I mean you know it's easier said it, it maybe it's easier said than done, and maybe it's easy literally from where I sit because of course Halifax is getting Team Canada games, and if it's anything like 2003, it's going to be an absolute uh, raucous. Um, Scotia Bank Center down here. So um, yeah, if you're in Moncton, you know, just get loud, get loud, enjoy, make the people on TSN watching on TSN turn around and say, "That's a place I want to go watch a game." Yeah. Let's let's talk about Team Canada a little bit more. Of course, we have four players announced uh, from the queue. Two are returnees: Joshua Waugh from Sherbrooke and Nathan Gauthier from uh, Quebec. Um, and also two newcomers, Zach Dean. Uh, and I, I want to get your thoughts on, on all these players as well, uh, Jamie. But Zach Dean didn't totally surprise me. He was invited in 2021. Injuries kept him away uh, for 2022. He's a first-round pick of Vegas. And he plays that sort of 200-foot, very aggressive game that would allow him to go up and down the lineup, move up and down the lineup very easily. You could probably play it any, any way you wish. And then there's Tyson Hines, from, also from Sherbrooke, teammate of Joshua Waugh, who will be one of the defensemen, probably in a lesser role to, beginning, to begin, but I mean, between injuries, suspensions, what have you, you never know how these tournaments unfold and who gets how much playing time when. But um, amongst those four, what are some of your comments? Yeah, definitely not surprised with the two attorney guys uh, making it. I think most of us had them penciled in. Um same with Dean. I think a lot. I think a lot of us expected Dean to make the the team simply because you can kind of be used in, in any situation. Um, you can kind of be used on offense, be used on defense, power play, penalty kill. He's kind of a little bit of everything, and definitely a guy that if injuries mount up, he's a he's a good guy to have in your team. Hines is an interesting one. I think you know maybe a lesser known defenseman in the league, 
Um, and I agree with you, Will. I think he'll probably be used more as a, a depth defenseman. Um, you know, I, I doubt he'll be playing, you know, 20 minutes a game or anything like that. Um, I do wonder if, if having Stefan Julian as a coach uh, with Team Canada did play a role in him getting on the team. Uh, you know, I'm sure they, if it come, comes down to two guys who, um, who are very similar, you're probably going to take the guy you're more familiar with, right? So um, right. I'm sure that played a little bit of, little bit of a role at least. Yeah, definitely. And of course, some of the talk, especially around here, um, uh, would have revolved around two of the omissions. Uh, one was a returning player, Riley Kidney, who, um, you know, admittedly, you know, he w- it was going to be a little bit tough for him uh, right out the shoot just because of the depth up front the team Canada possesses. But also, he did sustain an injury. Uh, during the uh, two-game series against the U Sports uh, All-Stars as well, and that may or may not have just sealed the deal, which, I mean, you, you got to feel for that that kid, uh, Jamie. You know, he's from Enfield. It's 20 minutes away from where I am yeah. right now in, in uh, Cole Harbor. So, I mean, it would have been the most amazing homecoming possible for, for Riley Kidney, um, the Montreal draft pick. Um, and then the other side, which is... You know, maybe a little more polarizing, especially here in Halifax is Jordan Dumay, um, who is, you know, leading the league in scoring by a mile. Um, he is, um, proficient in all three zones, but obviously he's best known for his play offensively. Um, and had a pretty good two game set against the U uh, sports all-stars and, Still wasn't enough, uh, largely due to the depth this team possesses. But uh, uh, from from you watching the games in person, Jamie, did that surprise you at all that uh, we're not seeing Jordan Dumais uh, in Halifax? A little bit, just because I think he did pretty much everything he had to do to make the team. I thought he was as good as he could be in those games. But like you alluded to, I think it's not that he didn't play well. It's just that there, there are too many guys who are simply better than him right now. Um, and that's not a knock on him and his skill set. There's just it's this is a really hard team to make, and there's simply better guys, more suited for this team this year. Um, I think if you wanted to do uh, a wild prediction for the 2024 Team Canada team, I think you could probably put Dume on the first or second line right now. Um, so he's definitely going to have mm-hmm. his opportunity in the future. Yeah, no, I agree with all that, and you know the fact that he is you know he is strictly a winger. Uh, here in Halifax, um, you know, he uh, he doesn't play up the middle like some of these other guys, like you know, a Bedard who can, you yep. know, not he not that he was going Bedard was going to lose a spot to Jordan Dume with all due respect to Jordan Dume, but you know, point stands, you know, he, he a guy like him is a little more versatile, a Shane Wright, etc. Et you know, we have there's guys with NHL experience more than usual coming back this time. Right? three players coming back from the top league in the world. You know, it was a very tough situation. Uh, I can understand the disappointment of the fans in Halifax. Uh, I would not want to be the Moncton Wildcats. Um, Quite frankly, uh, we're taping this, uh, by the way, on uh, Tuesday night. And uh, the uh, Wildcats are in Halifax tomorrow night to take on the Mooseheads. And uh, I would not be surprised if Jordan Dume is going to take out his disappointment on, on anybody might be his uh, rivals from up the road and uh, that that'll be very interesting to watch. I'll be in the building and that'll be certainly one of the storylines that I'm, I'm looking for. As well. And that that's one positive. Well, you know, we talked on the show or a few shows ago about records and how hard it is to, 
for these really high-end guys to put up a ton of points because they missed so many games for international tournaments. Um, now we're getting almost a, a full season of Dume, so I can only imagine what his, uh, his point total is going to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to another aspect of the tournament, I want to get a quick comment from you on this, Jamie, and it's actually something that you mentioned uh, uh, just after we went off the air last week, and that's the ticket market. So the tournament's 85% sold out, or it was as of a week ago. All the Team Canada games are sold out, but the resale market is just completely bananas. Um, uh, what, like... I know you've been following this online to see, you know, what's, what's happening and how this is all shaping up. But I guess my question to you is what are some of the more um, uh, out there circumstances that you've seen and what do we think can be done to, to fix this situation? Yeah, this is, this is pretty wild. And I think we all kind of knew that going into this, that this was going to be quite a situation here. Um, and for people who are listening to this from outside Atlanta, Canada, um, who, you know, buy tickets on StubHub, um, a lot of things, a lot of those t- very popular, uh, ticket reselling, reselling pages, um, those aren't prevalent here. Those aren't, uh, well used yeah. here. I don't even know if you can even use them, um, in a lot of cases here. Um, so this is more, um, you know, Facebook buy and sell Kijiji type setup here. Um, and there is some wild stuff going on. There's a really popular uh, Facebook buy and sell page that's basically turned into less of a page about selling your tickets and more just people determining who's a legit seller and who's not. There's people on there selling um, seats for sections in the arena that don't exist. Um, so yeah, this is this is pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be a fun conversation at the door, right? Um, so this is yeah, this is getting pretty wild and. We're starting to see this a little bit more with events in the Maritimes. We've seen the past couple um, Cavendish Beach Music Festivals, the ticketing get a little wild. Um, Shania Twain more recently, um, mm-hmm. even a little bit at the Memorial Cup where there was only physical tickets available. How do you how do you transfer physical tickets if you're not even in the city? Um, right. So that was that was interesting. So we're definitely um, at a point in Atlanta, Canada, where you kind of wonder uh, um, if there's going to there's, there's, there's going to be a need for more of a legitimate uh, ticket reselling site in the future. Um, just to give you a sense of the tickets too, uh, I was looking just before the show for the uh, game on, on Monday. This is a pre-tournament game in Moncton. Um, pair of tickets, $368 each uh, for a pre-tournament game. Um, and then the game on Wednesday for a pre-tournament game again, $416 each. Um, so... Um, wow, that's uh, that's a little high for uh, <laughs> free tour. Yeah, a little. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your modesty, Jamie. <laughs> um, we 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 have a little bit of um, off the camera commentary from our producer Connor Somerville, as he points out. You know, that's more than some Leafs tickets. So yeah. there you go. I mean, and, and it's completely, completely the truth. I mean. And, you know, going back to the whole there is no ticket broker uh, to speak of in this part of the world, I mean, I think it's just time that um, as a larger regional community, it's probably time to grow up a little bit. (laughs) It's time to take the step. Like we are, you know, you look at it, you know, we are uh, not as highly populated as most of the rest of the country, but Halifax is a city, you know, 
getting close to half a million people. You know, between Halifax, uh, St. John, Moncton, and Fredericton in New Brunswick, three cities all within an hour and a half of each other. There's about, you know, three or 400,000 thereabouts in those areas. And the area within that area would drive the population even higher. We're not talking yep. about small areas. You know, I'll just use personal experience. You know, I, especially when I lived in New Brunswick and it was easier to drive there as opposed to fly, I used to go to Boston once, yep. uh, at least once a year, maybe twice. And within that area, yes, larger metropolitan area, but th there is a ticket, like obviously, you know, stub hubs and, and things like that are, are prevalent, but um, things like uh, Ace Ticket, like that's yep. huge in the Boston area and it caters pretty much, you know, if you're a Red Sox fan, like I am, if you're a Patriots fan, a Bruins fan, a Celtics fan, that's generally where you go first and you know to go there first. There's no reason why there couldn't be something like that. And it's easier said than done. And yes, I'm not going to be the one raising my hand to start it. But um, it doesn't have to be something organic. You know, the stub hubs of the world, they, they are nomadic. They're all over the world. They can be here as well. And I think before uh, more and more people uh, get uh, siphoned of their hard-earned money, uh, maybe for the greater good of everybody, it's it's about time that we really start to put a stronger consideration towards uh, organizing the re the second market industry around here. I mean, and, and you know, again, we now have three buildings uh, of six thousand or more. You know, Avenir is eighty eight hundred. Um, you know, these aren't small buildings. These these buildings will attract larger acts uh, and larger events. It's time. Preach. It's also Preach. time. Yes. Amen, Will. Yeah. Will for president. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also time to talk about one of the other news uh, items that came out in the last week, and that is, of course, the CHL-NHL top, top prospects game players. Uh, the rosters have not been determined for the uh, uh, the teams. Um, we're going all the way out in the West Coast. I mean, Jamie, you're out in the West Coast every second week, so you might be able to go to Langley, BC and watch this. You never know. It might it's, might correspond with one of your visits. It's annoying. It's annoying to get there. I'm not going to lie. It's not a fun commute to Vancouver. <laughs> if you're going to rent, rent a car, don't do not do anything else. Don't don't get funky with public transit on that one. Just rent the car. Exactly. Let's go. The, the, Rick, the Rick Steves of the uh, Hockey News Podcast, Jamie Tozer. Thank you very much. Um, so we got three, six players named. Um, Ethan Goche, of course, the top-ranked uh, player at the queue this year from Sherbrooke. Uh, he'll be joined by a slew of B-rated prospects from the latest players to watch list from the NHL. That's center Matthew Cataford from Halifax, right wing Tyler Peddle from Drummondville, a trio of defensemen, Mateo Mann from Drummondville, Jordan Tarigne from Shawinigan, and a guy who we're going to probably talk a little bit more about here later on in this broadcast, Etienne Moran from the Moncton Wildcats. Um, any surprises there? Anyone who you think could see their stock rise a little bit as a result of this game, or even just the play, uh, their play as you've seen it so far uh, in the season, Jamie? No big surprises there. Um, I'm a big fan of this game. I think it's a lot of fun. And I've, you know, we've seen some standout performances in this game, which I think is cool. Um, and I think all of these guys have a chance to really elevate their stock. You know, this is not a great draft class for the Q. Um, so I think, you know, all of these guys have a, a big opportunity here where they can, they can really elevate their stock with a strong performance. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. 
I'm curious to see uh, the, the guys who jump out at me in that regard. Uh, Jamie Etienne Morin, who yep. uh, was actually named player of the week in the queue this week. We don't get to it later. Uh, we'll just throw that out there right now. Um, who has been uh, solid, leads the uh, queue in goals as a 17 year old defenseman, which is very impressive in its own right. Uh, a guy like him and a guy like Catafor. And obviously, you know, I'm going to say that because I've seen the kid play, you know, 10 times already this year, but I also saw him all last year. And I see a lot of the similarities in his game evolving as not to the same degree as a Jordan Dume, but in a lot of the same mannerisms, the confidence is up a little more. The awareness is up a little more, partly because he, he has been playing on the line with Jordan Dume uh, for much of this year. But uh, those are two guys in particular who I'm curious to see as well as Mateo Mann, who uh, has spent uh, part of the season injured to be interested and see if uh, there's a bit of a redemption story there. And he can uh, up his stock uh, for the NHL draft. And speaking of drafts, Let's talk about the QMJHL draft as well. Um, why is this big news? Well, first of all, they uh, the league did announce last week that Sherbrooke will be the host city for the 2023 draft. And that in itself is the story, Jamie, because that means we're going back to the in-person draft. First time since 2019. No other, no other league in the CHL does this sort of thing. And I, myself, I, I'm ecstatic. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm even going to make it to Sherbrooke to, to watch this. But the in-person draft for me has always been a, a trademark of the queue. And I, I just can't wait to see it come back. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's, it's so much fun. And anyone, anyone listening who's never been to the draft, highly recommend going, well, going to the first round, at least after the first round, if you're, if you're still there as a fan, you're, you're, a, you know, you deserve an award because it's uh <laughs> it's not the most exciting after yep. the first round, but uh, the first round. Unless, uh, sorry to interrupt, Jamie. Unless you're a fan of a team who just bought in, like if you just went all in the year before and you don't have a pick until like round four, then or five, I've seen it. Uh, then uh, it can be a little more interesting there. But other than that, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you got to really love the mechanics of the draft. <laughs> yeah, round. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's such an awesome event. It's kind of like the, like that event is what the queue is all about. The, the, the show, right. The show, the yeah. entertainment value. It's, it's such a fun event. And I think for us as, as media, I think we like going just cause we get to see all the media all together at once. You guys who we see yeah. just come to town once a year, um, get to see them a lot, a lot of the Quebec journalists. So it's so much fun to go to in person. And um, I think the players love it as well. I think the fans love it. It's just a, such a fun event. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's the thing, you know, you talk about the players, the players, the parents, uh, you know, everybody on that side of things, you know, it, it's kind of their, their time in the spotlight. It's, you know, it's the beginning of the next chapter of their career and to have it held on literally a, a, a stage, a larger stage, you know, I think it means a lot. And it's, uh, and, and again, you know what, I'm not even, I guess in a way I'm not even, um, advocating for the ohl and the whl to do it because you know it's kind of nice that it's yeah something leave us alone q the q can call it their own exactly like get your own shtick like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but that leaves another point too okay so sherbrooke's hosting the draft they've hosted in the past many, many teams from one end of the league to the other have hosted there's one major uh omission though on my list 
And yes, I'm going to say this because I live here. And in all fairness, Jamie, and I'm sorry if I'm breaking your news, you're going to be living down here too in Fair. about a month's time. Yep. But the city of Halifax has never hosted the draft. Um, it kind of boggles my mind that here, of all places, would not we? This is the second largest market. Um, I mean, unless you want to count Blainville as part of Montreal, of course, but we are one of the largest markets in the CHL and we haven't hosted a draft yet. Um, I find that hard to wrap my head around. Yeah, that's wild. And, you know, I'm sure some of it in the past has been, well, you don't want to have it in a building that, that that's that huge. Um, but, you know, Videotron hosted it, and that was a pretty sick mm -hmm. setup, uh, lower bowl yeah. only. And I think Halifax could do something similar. Um, Absolutely. So I don't, yeah, it's it's very bizarre that they've never hosted. I don't know if it's a, a, a building issue, if it's always booked, or, or what the deal is, but it, it is very bizarre that Halifax hasn't hosted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as the time of the year goes, not really. I mean, the big summer thing in Halifax is the uh, Royal International. Around Nova Scotia International Tattoo. That's really late June, early July. So, yeah, I don't quite know. And plus, these are generally announced. To, well, this was announced. I want to say that this announcement came later than it usually would in years in which there's been a live live draft. Uh, go back. You know, I was living in Moncton when Moncton hosted back in 2009. And I want to say that that was announced at least a few months earlier. So, um, you know, there's, there's gotta be a workaround there. Like bring, bring it down here. We can, we can, we can live stream from the draft. I mean, come on. now we're talking. Can't, can't tell me the hockey news wouldn't go for that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any opinions? Do you have any objections? Do you think that Halifax should have the draft? Do you think Valdor should have the draft? Do you agree with who's on the world junior team? Do you disagree with who's on the world junior team? Do you disagree with Jamie Tozer's choice in rental car companies? We want to hear from you. Send us something. Put it. We'll, we'll take it out of the mailbag, and we will read your comments on air. It's at Will McWriter, W-I-L-L-M-A-C-W-R-I-T-E-R. -L -L -E and Jamie Tozer is at at station underscore nation. Send us some news. Send us some questions. Send us some feedback. Even if you don't like what you're hearing, tell us. We'll make it better. Let's move on to the NHL team profile. And we're going to talk about uh, a team that doesn't have a great depth of players coming through the ranks to the NHL level, but they sure have a number of contributors in the parent club. And that's the Vegas Golden Knights. And we've already talked uh, at length this year about the lone drafted player in the QMJHL right now. Of course, that's Zach Dean, uh, who was picked in the first round 30th overall back in 2021. Again, you know, and, and I've actually had the opportunity to talk to some of the player development staff with Vegas. And they just they just love this kid. Uh, they, they love what he brings. Um, the, their big commentary was always, if he can stay healthy. He's, he's going to be amazing and he's going to progress and he's done that. Yeah. And you know, such we've talked about him quite a bit in the show, but uh, just such a great two-way player. Um, I'm curious to see what he can do on the big stage with team Canada. It's obviously a um, great opportunity for him. Uh, so curious to see what he can do uh, on such a big stage. Now uh, in the AHL, there's a couple of guys there who, one guy I will go out and on a limb right now and say wouldn't be surprised if he gets a game or two 
by the end of this season in the NHL. Next year, I think that that possibility becomes even stronger, that he might stick to regular. We'll see. And if I, if you would have said that about uh, a defenseman of this stature, physical stature, uh, up to a few years ago, you would have been going out on a very big limb. But I don't think we are this time, Jamie. Lucas Cormier in his first pro season has been phenomenal. Yeah, and really one of those guys who is elite in his last year junior, he's really carried that over to the program, pro game. So that's uh, great to see for him. And I agree. I think he's definitely on the fast track to the NHL, even for a defenseman. I think he'll he'll at least get some games in the next season or two, uh, which is awesome. Shout out to St. Marie de Kent, too. There you go. Very nice. Yes. Thank you. Um, and uh, Patrick Gay, of course, is joining him, joining him rather recently as well, because he started the season in the AHL, in the ECHL, I should say, with the, and I love the name of these ECHL teams, the Savannah Ghost Pirates. Just like, I couldn't come up with something that good. Come on. Um, he was a former teammate of Vincent Marlowe's down in Savannah. Vincent's still down there. He was a Memorial Cup winner with the Randland Huskies back in 2019. And uh, then we come to the NHL. And, well, there's one name there that you, you may not associate with the NHL, Daniel Miramanov, defenseman who played in Bathurst and Moncton uh, about seven or eight years ago. Um, but then there's three that, if you follow the NHL to any extent, you probably do know. William Carrier, Nicholas Waugh, and one of the steals of the expansion draft for the Golden Knights back in 2017, Jonathan Marchessault. Yeah, these are like three three real mainstays in the Golden Knights franchise. So it's cool to see uh, some Q guys um, really doing well down there. And yeah, March. So I, I would assume there's going to be a, a movie made about the Vegas Golden Knights expansion season at some point. I, it'll be cool to see March. So uh, portrayed in that movie. Definitely, definitely. We can talk about what actor is going to portray him as well. It's going to be. I can see Bruce Willis doing a good Gerard. Oh yeah, I'll say definitely. That right now. That, 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 that seems to be on brand. <laughs> so we'll, we'll figure that out in casting uh, later on. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, and, you know, the Golden Knights, you know, basically, with the exception of the last week of last season, pretty much the success story since they entered the league and the Q guys, seeing the Q guys contribute, just icing on the cake. 2023 draft prospect of the week coming up. I want to go a little bit of a different route here, Jamie. So full disclosure i guess i determined this uh but um i couldn't not talk about this guy ty higgins he's a defenseman for the equity bathrooms t-town he's a c-ranked prospect for the 2023 entry entry draft i mentioned it very earlier in the year when the players to watch list came out here's a guy who if there's a wild card amongst everybody who was listed from the queue this might be the guy he was a free agent uh, invited uh, to the queue by the titan in February of this year. So he doesn't even have a full season under his belt. He's already matched his point total from last year, this year. Um, actually, he's exceeded it, I should say, 18 points versus 13 points. He's a late birthday. This is his first year draft eligible. Uh, he came from the junior A ranks in Ontario. And he's not a guy that you're going to, he's not going to be flash. He's not going to stand out that much per se. But when you look at the scoring summary at the end of the night, he's probably done something. I completely agree with you. And you, uh, his game on Sunday against St. John was a great example. You look at the score sheet after the game, he has three assists and a 7-4 win. So he's, mm -hmm. he's finding a way to, to quietly pick up points every single game almost. So it, he's putting up great numbers for uh, a defenseman his age. 
so I, I think he's a guy who we could see his stock rise uh, even more, even after his draft year. Um, you know, came from Ontario. I have to think he's maybe a bit of a, uh, a Jason Clark find who I'm sure had some connections mm-hmm. um, into that Ontario loop um, and brought him here to Bathurst. And it, it's turned into a, a terrific find for the Teton. Yeah, Jason Clark. Jason Clark, the former king of Carlton Plays Ontario, and his uh, Carlton Plays Canadians, who were at the uh, Royal RBC Cup uh, for Junior A National Supremacy year after year, uh, number a number of years ago, and uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think this is a this is a guy who could surprise, even if he doesn't get drafted, somebody's going to pick up that guy, and um, we could see big things from him. Do you want to see big things from us? Do you want to see something different? If you have any suggestions, you have any questions, you have anything you want to throw our way, don't forget those Twitter handles at Will McRider or at Station underscore Nation. Send us something, and we will get it on the air. So, Jamie, we're coming up to the last week before the Christmas break. The World Juniors are soon upon us. There's a lot of great matchups in the league this week. What are you looking forward to? This is always a fun week because you never know who's going to show up and who's not going to show up. Um, either, I remember following the Cedars glory days. There were the, often the games before Christmas were some of their worst games the entire year. Um, so I'm curious to see. I think we could see some upsets um, this week. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You, you get those, you, you know, at the end of the day, we're covering a league that is teenagers. And I know what I was like when I was a teenager in the last week before school. Jamie, yep. you remember it as well. You yep. had one foot out the door. Sometimes it can happen. Much as any coach in this league would tell you no, yeah, it's happening. So, uh, yeah, it'll be, it, it just adds more excitement to the league as a whole and lets things go out with a bang. The league will be on break from December 18th to 27th. Pick right back up again between Christmas and New Year's. So we will uh, look forward to this latest slate of games as well as everything that's happening in the uh, world of the QMJ shell around it. Uh, we will be back in a week's time to break it all down for you once again. For Jamie Tozer, I'm Will McLaren, and thanks again for, to Con- Connor Somerville, our outstanding producer behind the scenes. This has been another edition of the Hockey News on the Q, brought to you by BetMGM.